You can be seated. So glad to be with you guys today. Um, our church is, uh, here we are, 2022, and one of the main things that I feel like the Lord is calling us to is to grow the prayer aspect, the prayer culture of our church. And so that means us praying together. That also means us learning how to pray at the house as well. And uh, just want to say thank you to everyone who is hearing that call and responding to that call. Uh, This past Wednesday night, we had our first Wednesday prayer, and we're doing that every first Wednesday of every month. And uh, then we have pre-service prayer, 845, 1045. Um, You know, I've been saying this all through the whole kind of pandemic, and even as we're coming out of it, that the world at its worst needs the church at its best. And a big part of that is us calling on heaven and bringing the resources of heaven's life into our world. So thank you guys so much for uh, responding to that. And, And I'm continuing to call out to our church to say, Come on, let's all do this together. Let's uh, make this a house of prayer, house of worship, and a house of friends. So to feed all that, uh, I've been teaching this series, looking at the prayers of the Apostle Paul, and I've been calling it Praying Like Paul, just some of the prayers that he included in the letters that he wrote to the churches that he had responsibility for, churches that he loved, and churches that he wanted to see grow in their relationship with Jesus. So um, been at this for a few weeks, a couple months actually, several months, uh, eternity. I don't know, I've been at it for a while. And uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, I want to read this prayer. Um, to this end, also we pray for you always that our God will consider you worthy of your calling. And fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you, you in him, in accordance with the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm I'm talking about, I started talking about this last week, but I'm, I'm talking about this idea, this call is for you. This calls for you. He's praying for the church in Thessalonica, uh, the Thessalonians. He's praying for you, for us, and, and the Word of God is calling to us that we would be worthy of the calling that's on our life, that we'd step up to the calling that's on our life. Every believer has a calling on their life. It's not just for those who are Uh, called to vocational full-time ministry, Uh, you, if you're a believer in Jesus and you are part of the kingdom of God, then you have a calling that is related to the purpose of God, Uh, that uh, a gifting, a personality set up, just a force in your life that God has called you to help advance the purpose of the kingdom of God. 
What I think is interesting in this verse is he starts out by saying to this end, what to what end? And he's really uh, bringing this forward in the few verses that are before this prayer. And I want us to recognize this reality. Second Thessalonians 1 verse 7, Paul says, the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Come on, somebody. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. These people will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. Yikes. Away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes to be glorified among his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. And Paul is pointing out something of uh, eternal worth. And that is this, that there will be a day when Jesus shows up and he won't be looked at as the meek, mild, you know, frail, emaciated guy that you maybe you saw hanging on a cross somewhere. But he's going to show up in power. He's going to show up in majesty. And he's going to show out at the greatness of who he really is. The fact that he really is the Lord overall. And Paul makes an interesting commentary here that I think we would be remiss if we forget. He says, in light of the fact that there are going to be some people who have disobeyed, who have rejected Jesus, they are going to pay the price of eternal destruction for rejecting Jesus. That's a heavy thought, and I know it is. But the point is this, is that there are some people who are going to receive Jesus and eternal life is going to be the gift that's given to this, them. But then there are also some people that are going to reject Jesus. And the Bible describes the place called hell. Eternal destruction is where they're going to spend eternity. So the idea of all of us stepping up to our calling is recognizing we're not just trying to be cute and go to church. We are, we are, there is a life and death battle going on. There is an eternal heaven or hell battle going on. So to this end, we pray that we'd all be worthy of our calling, that we'd live a life worthy of the calling God has on us, that we'd step up and step into our calling. Thank you for amening that incredible thought. So I started talking about this last week, and I do want to review a couple of thoughts before I dive into more today. Number one is this, you have a calling from God. You were born on purpose for a purpose. No matter how you came into this planet, um, God had purpose for your life. God has purpose for your life, and you are here to fulfill a purpose. You are here to fulfill a calling. So Peter says this, uh, 2 Peter 1.10, 
Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and his choosing you. In other words, get certain about this idea. I am called, I am chosen by God. Get certain about that idea. God has a call on your life. You are a chosen one. God has reached out to you and is calling you to himself. There is an ordained purpose for your life. The second thing that I want to remind us of is this. You'll find your calling as you pursue your calling. In other words, you don't always know exactly what your calling is when you first get started walking with the Lord, but I could tell you that all believers have a common calling, a general calling. In other words, we don't need a specialized calling to pray, to serve, to love other people. Like, you don't need a special, you know, voice from heaven coming down to tell us to do that. We're all called to pay tithe, right? We're all called to tell others about Jesus. And so this general calling really kind of undergirds how you find your unique calling because as you, as you pursue the general calling of prayer, of getting in the word, of serving in church, of giving, of loving people, of helping make things happen, you find your unique calling as you pursue your general calling. You always just have to start where you are. And I think a lot of people are waiting, they're waiting for all the stars to align before they step into the calling of God. But hey, just start where you are, right? You, instead, if you're waiting for the perfect timing, that's never going to happen. <laughs> if you're waiting for the perfect setup, if you're waiting for, you know, the perfect setup of resources where you can finally, you know, <sighs> no, you just got to get started with the basics of your calling because that's really what's going to undergird the uniqueness of your calling. Jesus uh, said this uh, so interesting uh, quotation, for many are called, but few are chosen. And this word chosen is a compound word that literally means to say out from. In other words, many people are getting the call Hello, but not everybody's answering the phone, right? The call is going up. Hey, I'm calling you to pray. Your pastor's been standing up there for months now asking you to pray. Let me try this side of the room. Uh, the, so, you know, I, I get phone calls all the time that I don't recognize the number. I don't answer those calls. If it's really important, they can leave a message. Even if they leave a message, I don't have to respond to it. But there's a call that I always want to respond to. The chosen ones are the ones who hear, who listen for the call. Third idea is this. It takes faith to fulfill your calling. Uh, because you don't always know exactly what, it, what the, the whole journey is. And so 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 says, Consider your calling, brethren, that there are not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. And I will say this, 
You never start your calling with what you need to fulfill your calling. You start where you are. You start with what you have. Faith takes the first step. Then faith takes the next step. And then faith takes the other next step. And the truth is, faith is required to take that first step, to give it a go, to give it a try. But also faith is what keeps you with your calling. Faith is what sticks you with your calling. When you say, I don't care what's going on, I'm called of God and I'm going to obey the will of God for my life. <laughs> Number four idea I want to talk about today is this. God will be glorified in your calling. 2 Thessalonians 1.12, this is the prayer we're looking at so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him. We were having uh, our starting point session a few weeks ago, and part of our starting point idea is we're telling the story of how our church got started and kind of the journey that brought Suzette and I here to Asheville and then the journey of since we got here. And I have seen that video dozens of times through Starting Point, and I've told that story dozens of times. But I have to say, it honestly, every time I watch it, I have this awareness of the grace and the mercy of God on our church and on Suzette and I. And I, I can promise you this, we've worked hard for 30-something years. We've tried hard to do our best, but at the end of the day, I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, and I'm recognizing, my gosh, this is really a story of God's grace. To God be the glory. Not, and I don't say that in kind of a cliche, religious way. I mean, honestly, God knows God has brought us this far your calling is going to glorify God. Because there's some people that will look at you and say, ain't no way. And when I think back to the calling of God on our life, I can think of some moments that were pretty painful. Some episodes that I wasn't really having a lot of fun. And uh, I remember a couple of chapters during, in the story of our church where I really literally said to the Lord, you know, I'm not enjoying the story right now. <laughs> and if you, anytime you want to close this chapter, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. But I look at the big movie, instead of isolating a single scene, and I recognize God's grace, God's faithfulness, and I just want to say to you today, maybe you are in a scene or a chapter or a, a, a piece of the story that you're going, I don't like what's going on right now. This, I don't like this part of the story. But can I assure you that God will be glorified in your life if you'll just keep on going with the call of God that's on your life? Don't. Don't, don't isolate it down to one small picture because there's a whole story, there's a whole book that's being written about your life. Apostle Paul loved this idea 
of the calling, and uh, he wrote about it often in his letters. I, Philippians 3, verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Everybody say upward call. The upward call of God that's in Christ Jesus. Paul, Paul had this idea, I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep pressing on because he had a calling. He had this call. Something was speaking to his soul about his purpose for being on the planet. And the upward call means your call is always growing. Your call, in other words, what you know about Jesus today, you can know something more about him tomorrow. What you know about the ways of God, you could learn something more about the ways of God tomorrow. I was uh, having a coffee with uh, a younger pastor in town, uh, which basically every pastor in our town now is younger than me. So uh, not cooler, but younger. And uh, yeah, I know somebody's leaning over going, he ain't that cool. Don't worry about him. I don't care what you think, really. But but it was an interesting conversation, and we were talking about pastoring church and leading people and trying to do the will of God. And he said, you know, one thing I've always appreciated about you and your church is you just keep reinventing yourself. And I, I, I was kind of puzzled by that because I thought, I don't, know, I don't feel like I'm trying to reinvent myself. I feel like I've been saying the same flipping things for 30-something years come on, let's pray, let's honor God with tithe, let's serve, let's stop being consumers and let's be contributors. I've been saying if God can get it through you, God will get it. I've been saying it the same thing for 30-something years. But what I think he was looking at is that we, kept, we keep moving forward. And here's what I, I think is important for us. Why do some people seem to keep going on? Why do some people seem to have it? Because they are answering the upward call of God in Christ. They just keep growing. They're not quitting. They keep moving forward. They're always looking for, reaching for, stretching for, going for the next level. They're, they're living by an upward call. And you know, you might get not knocked back a time or two, but that doesn't mean you got to stay knocked back forever. There's always a call up from where you are now. Come on, you can't let your life get directed by your current set of circumstances. You gotta hear a call, a life that's directed by a calling, not by circumstances. Something in the soul of every one of us needs to have this. I've been on a mountaintop and I've seen something. I've heard a call from God and that call is calling me upward. 
The fifth idea that I want to talk about today is this. God's grace enables God's calling. So the prayer in 2 Thessalonians verse 12, so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you and you in him in accordance with the grace. Everybody say the grace. The grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a grace that you experience as you, ex- as you go for your calling. Uh, Paul wrote about this to his spiritual son, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.9. He says, God saved us. He's called us with a holy calling, not according to our works or our abilities or our flesh, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. So the call of God is not according to our works. It's not, according, it's not all dependent on our efforts, but the call of God is according to his purpose and his grace, right? God's calling comes equipped with God's grace. One of the prayers that we looked at from uh, Paul was in Ephesians 1 verse uh, 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling. Hope is an expectation that the future is going to be brighter than today. He says, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you'd know the hope of your calling. I think when people do not have a, a sense of purpose, when they do not have a sense of calling, when they do not have a sense of my life matters, I'm here for a reason, it becomes easy to lose hope to some kind of expectation for the future to be great. To live in hope is to expect good things. I hope that your hope has not been dashed by all of life that's been thrown at you. Because I know I've got a calling on my life, because you can have a calling on your life and do have a calling on your life, I expect good things. Not just, not just because I'm something special, but because I'm called. I expect good things to come. I expect good things to happen to me. I expect good things to happen for me because I've got a call to fulfill. You got to hear this. Listen, I need the favor of God on my life because I've got a calling. I need the grace of God at work in my life because I've got a calling. I need provision because I've got a calling. I need heaven's help because I've got a calling. I need people's help (laughs) because I've got a calling. And I think... It's important 
for all of us to recognize the hope of my calling, the expectation of favor and grace and provision, heaven's help, people's help on my life is because I have a... Listen, I think it's time for us, it's way past time for us. We're not just having church, right? We're answering a call from heaven. We're fulfilling a God-given purpose. Romans 8, verse 28 is a verse that uh, you hear a lot around here, but I want us to see some qualifiers for it in light of what we're talking about today. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. That's a great promise. But the qualifiers are, it's for those who love God, and it's to those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, God promises to make everything work together to those who are called according to his purpose, to those who are going, yes, Lord, I hear the call. Yes, Lord, you're calling me. Those are the ones that God has promised to cause all things to work together for good. Thank you for amening that profound point. Jesus said it this way, John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. That's a pretty profound concept. You haven't chosen me. Jesus says, I chose you. Same word that's used in many are called, few are chosen. The word chose is, I have to say out from. God has said this. You know, I don't know if you grew up with this, but um, in our neighborhood, We'd be playing baseball or football or basketball or whatever uh, kind of thing we'd have teams for. And there'd usually be two captains and captains would start picking people for their team. And you would stand there and hope, my God, I hope I'm not the last one picked for this. God, God says, I pick you. For my team. I choose you for my purpose. And I know a lot of us are going, Lord, you don't even know. He goes, No, I know more than you know about you, and I still choose you. How does God choose you? With a call, He's calling you. The first place God calls us is always to himself because that's where it all starts and that's where it all continues. Jesus is calling you. You're here today. You're watching online. Jesus is calling you to himself. Would you come near to me? Would you hang out with me? Would you, would you listen to me? 
Would you try to follow me? Would you worship me? Would you read the Bible, the word that I've given to you so that you could get to know me? He's calling all of us first and always to himself. But for some of you, I know God is calling you to a greater involvement with your church. I'm not, I don't really, I'm not bothered by people who aren't answering that call because I know there's nothing I can do. (laughs) If Jesus can't get them there, I can't get them there. But I believe that there are some of us that God is saying, you know, it's time for you to dive in. It's time for you to get, it's time for you to make an impact, right? He's calling, maybe he's calling you to prayer. Maybe he's calling you to spend time in his word. Maybe he's saying to you, you don't need to spend that much time scrolling social media. You don't need to spend that much time watching TV. There aren't that many good shows anyway. You you don't need to spend that much time on Netflix. He's calling you to reach out, to help people, to launch out, to minister. He's calling you. And what Jesus is promising us here in John 15 is this, you're destined to bear fruit in that calling. We can't just pursue our own thing and expect God to bless it. God's blessing is on God's calling. That's a good sentence to write down and think about. God's blessing is on God's calling. When we are in pursuit of his calling, when we're in pursuit of his purpose for our life, fruitfulness is certainty. Jesus said, I chose you, I appointed you. Once Jesus said, I appointed you, there's nobody that can stand in the way of that. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament, 17 years old, gets this call to leadership, shares the vision with his brothers, with his dad, They all get upset. What do you think? You're going to be the leader? And Joseph lived in continual oppressive situations. He shared the dream with his his brothers. His brothers threw him in a pit. They They wanted him to die in there. I would hate to be thrown into a pit. Then a band of Egyptians was traveling through. They said, hey, let's sell him. Let's sell. Now, what does that do to your soul? We're going to sell. My brothers are selling me as a slave. He's, he, he's all of a sudden, he's rising to leadership. There's a lady that's after him. He's like, ain't no way. I'm not going to do this and sin against God. All of a sudden, she lies about him, gets thrown into prison, spends time in prison, helps a guy out, helps a guy understand what's going on. The guy forgets about him. I mean, the guy is always facing oppressive situations. But the thing that amazes me about Joseph is no matter what situation was in his life, he kept bearing fruit. He kept rising to leadership. He kept rising no matter what was going on. And what I want to say is... It's easy to step back and go, I'd love to obey 
the call, but you don't, you don't understand my job. You don't understand my boss. You don't understand my family. You don't understand my circumstances. You, you don't understand what the economy is doing to me right now. I went and filled my car up two days ago. My car takes regular gas, 80 bucks, $78.52. Putin's fault. <laughs> so I hear. I'm saying the appointed fruitfulness for all of us can't be at the mercy of, well, my job situation, my family situation, my boss, my coworkers, the economy. Fruitfulness is not dependent on that kind of stuff. It comes out of the call. When we are in pursuit of his calling, fruitfulness is appointed for us. When we're in pursuit of the call of God for our life, it literally places us in this place of divine authority. Jesus said, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, I'm going to give it to you. In other words, all of heaven is looking to back up somebody who will answer the call. talking about the grace of God fulfilling the call of God in your life. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10. These are my last verses. For I am the least of the apostles, this apostle Paul talking, not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Popeye, I am what I am. That's all that I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain, I labored more than all of them, yet it wasn't me. It was the grace of God with me. Paul is this incredible historic figure, one of the greatest men of God that's ever lived, but he attributed all the fruitfulness of his life, all the fruitfulness of his calling to this, the grace of God. By the grace of God, I am. Even my energy to do this comes by the grace of God. You know what? Because of the grace of God, your past doesn't matter all that much because Paul said, I persecuted the church of God. Your past doesn't matter nearly as much as your response to God's call on you today. You can leave your past behind you and the grace of God starts a whole new story for your life. Come on. I want to pray with you today. I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. You know what? What are, the, what are we talking about today? The fact that you have a calling. The fact that you responding to that call is what makes you a chosen one. The fact that he's always calling you and me to himself first. Father, I'm praying 
for the call to be crystal clear to every one of us, the first call, the most important call, the always call. We are always drawing near to Jesus. We're choosing the one necessary thing, that we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, come on, your life has purpose. There is a reason. You, God wants to do something in you and through you. And I want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today. You've never surrendered to Jesus. Let's pray together. Come on, let's make that move. Maybe you're here and you can look back on a time when you used to be closer to Jesus than you are today. Come on, let's come back home. Let's do it. Let's do it today. Maybe you're in a place where you just feel unsure about where you really stand with God. Let's get sure. Come on, let's, let's walk like we're chosen of God for purpose on the earth. If you're here today and say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I need to surrender to Jesus. I want to. I need to come back to Jesus. I want to know for sure I'm right with Jesus. Would you pray with me? I want you just to lift your hand real high all over this room and say yes to God. Open your heart to Jesus. Open your heart to God. Come back to Him. Get to know Him again. Come after God one more time. Amen. Lift your hand real high. Let me see you. We're going to pray together in just a moment. Thank you. Anybody else just wants to say yes, just wants to start their journey? God bless you. Anybody else? Come on, it's taking a minute. Let's pray together. Thank you for all of you that raised your hand. Let's pray this together. Everybody say out loud, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I open my heart to you. I open my heart to your calling. I know I've sinned, I've messed up, but I come to the cross where you've paid the price for a new beginning. Help me, Jesus, become the person you've created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Hey, let's all stand together on the count of three. We're going to shout hallelujah. We're going to be dismissed. Thanks for coming to church today. Ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you guys.